You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. So, Steve, did Ava Gardner and Howard Hughes have a good relationship? Well, they did until he dislocated her jaw. What? Well, don't worry. She hit him back with an ashtray. From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. The cream of the crop! Yo, what up, and welcome to this super casual episode of Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name's Ken, and I'm joined in the studio by Jeff and Neil, and Matt by, by uh, proxy via Skype. Brought to you by Yo MTV Raps. I told this. I told that on the show before at garage sales. I used to sell cards we, of Yo MTV Raps. We right can't now. do recordings after nine p.m. anymore. No, it's fine. It's fine. I've told that story right, where I sold yeah. packets of cards. Yeah, no one bought them. <laughs> I'm shocked. I still have Run DMC cards, like somewhere in my clothes or somewhere in the house. I don't know. They're all like all over the place. They're like glitter. It's your retirement fund. Those are worth money. I'm sure. I think they are. That's my plan. I, I've got a stash of magic cards. I'm just sitting on. Now, if David Copperfield, Matt's every shaking his head, every pack yeah. of cards that he has, are they considered magic cards? Yes. Okay. He, they're they're playable. I guess. I guess they're legal Copperfield, and playable. Anytime, anytime David Copperfield has a mirror, just run because you don't know what's going to appear. Well, we must be in a silly mood today. Uh, a good mood because of our guest host today, Mike Casey. How you doing? How are you guys? Great. It's good to be back. Thank you for being a cruiserweight uh, champion with us, and you're coming to us from Providence, Rhode Island. Yep. And uh, what's new with you? Uh, not much. Just still working in the escape room business. We had the uh, the biggest escape room reviewers come in a few weeks ago and gave us a glowing review. So nice. that's kind of like the, the Siskel and Ebert of the escape room world. It was kind of like the Ratatouille, uh, the Ratatouille <laughs> food critic. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. They gave you. Are there Mich- Michelin stars for escape rooms? Does that exist? No, there's just a go here or don't go here. <laughs> no, if he's really good. Four and a half back, out yeah. of five locks. That yeah. need keys yeah. to them. So yeah. when the Michelin star reviewer comes in, like he, he gets the key to open up the lock, but he drops it just to see if anyone will pick it up. Right. And he only orders water. <laughs> uh, so what um what what kind of room did you put the uh, the reviewer in? Uh, one was a forest themed game where you're trying to find your friend who disappeared in the woods. Was and it, the was other it Bubba one Gump? like a haunted hotel type one. Ooh, cool. That sounds good. Uh, Mike, um, when you had the escape room, you did you do a promo code for Triviality. Did anyone use it? No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what a shame. Come on, ne- next time. It does, it does exist. Still out there, so there's still time. <laughs> there's still time, guys. <laughs> Say Triviality when you go to the escape room. And what's the name of it, Mike? Uh, the R.I. Riddle Room. Okay. So I think today uh, Neil and I are going to team back up. 
Uh, I got a good team name for us because you're you're reading some detective novels over there, right? Yeah, I've been uh, reading The Big Sleep by Raymond Chandler, and I, I'm almost done with it. And I'm I'm kind of missing it uh, a little bit because I, I always put uh, film noir music on in the background when I read this, and I read it in a transatlantic accent. Okay. Well, in honor of The Big Sleep, I think we should uh, name our team after something I'm called quite frequently, The Big Creep. Oh, the Big Creep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. And uh, Jeff and Matt, what do you think? Well, I was just watching this wonderful film noir thing um, starring David Lynch and a monkey uh, called What Did Jack Do? Uh, I figure we can be What Did Jeff Do? All right. What Did Jeff Do? Now, Ken, I just want to say something. Raymond Chandler was a man of his time, um, (laughs) and he was ahead of his time. And if you go to chapter nine of The Big Sleep, none other than Jeff Culver shows up in the first sentence of chapter nine. And he describes Jeff in uh, glowing words. He says... The next morning was bright, clear, and sunny. I woke up with a motorman's glove in my mouth, drank two cups of coffee, and went through with the morning papers. So that's totally Jeff right there. Mm. Jeff's always that's got a motorman's what, glove in his mouth. I've lost count. And that's what Jeff did. So now right. I know. Well, with Great. his best uh, bogey impression, let's uh, toss it over to the rules guy. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. I'm talking about all the way to the top, yeah. The rules were long. Too long, one would say. The music in the background floated like a butterfly. Is that good? I don't know. What, what's this book like? Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty close to that. I mean, it's as always... As long ra- as they're gams. They're, yeah, the gams. It's always raining. Always raining gams. Women are always biting their thumb when they're talking to him for some reason. I don't know why. Well, I do that too when I talk to you, but... Oh, I guess that's true. All right. Well, let's get into the game before this gets any uh, more erratic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike, take it away. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll hold out for it to get more erotic. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me tell you, Mike, uh, I've got a line exchange right here. Someone says, if I had a razor, I'd cut your throat just to see what ran out of it. And the answer is caterpillar blood. (laughs) What does that mean? (laughs) I have no idea. (laughs) Less erotic. (laughs) All right. (laughs) All right, guys. Question one. While it is not quite between man's grasp and his reach, what is the area defined as the lowest level of the ocean which light can penetrate? I just watched, I just looked at that stupid thing online that had Neil's name in it. <laughs> yes, thank you, Stacy McPeak. That was uh, Neil.fun, and it was a graphic of a uh, thing. <laughs> I just looked at that stupid thing. He's saying it's stupid because it's called Neil.fun. I looked fun. at it too. I looked at it at 1 a.m. I was scrolling down. It was, um, oh. Um, I know the name of the lowest point. Oh, yours makes sense from his clue. The lowest one is Challenger Deep, I believe. Right. That's the lowest point, yeah. It's where the Dodge Challenger was sunk into. Me and Neil are locked in. There's a clue in there. Can I get that question again? Was this totally on purpose, Mike, because of that post? What? No, I don't even know what you're talking about. (laughs) Wow, amazing. I was on on the crop. It's on the crop. You have to see it. Enjoy the crop if you haven't yet. Looking about a grasp and a reach, something about a fist, maybe? I don't know. The punching the, the area. <laughs> Kung Fu grip. All right. <laughs> you happy with that? No, but we'll go with it. Okay. I'm happy with it. Yeah, so I believe above the abyssal uh, is the twilight. Twilight zone. Yes, the answer is the twilight zone. Nice. Good pull there, because once you said it, it, it totally made sense. Zone. 
I just Mad looked at house. the infographic too. Yeah. Yeah. Neil that fun. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't lead other people to your perverted website, Neil. I have to go check this out now. <laughs> All right, guys, question two. Which president married America's first foreign born first lady? I'll bet it was all the skinny dipping that lured her in. Oh. Now I'm trying to imagine all the presidents skinny dipping. I'd rather not, to be honest. What president would you want to see skinny dip? Probably Kennedy, right? No. Just. What? <laughs> <laughs> He's Grove very skinny. Cleveland. It's very skinny dipping. Uh, yeah, I don't know, Ken. Um, first foreign born. I'd watch uh, Teddy Roosevelt skinny dip. He'd make it fun, that's for sure. He'd cannonball, no doubt. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't even be awkward. It'd no, just it be like a an animal in his natural habitat. Yeah, I feel like anytime he wasn't in clothes, he was naked. If you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I don't explain. <laughs> Why don't you tell us more right, about well, your Teddy well, Roosevelt based... erotic fan fiction? <laughs> All right. Well, based on the Teddy Roosevelt erotic fan fiction, let's say it's Teddy Roosevelt. I like it. I like it. Um. Foreign-born is interesting because I feel like a lot of the first ones were foreign-born, uh, right. technically. Although they were born, like, in the continental U.S. Um, when I think of, like, people who would go skinny-dipping, LBJ is what comes to mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why? Because uh, he was notorious for uh, always exposing skinny. himself. <laughs> was he notorious for going all the way, starring Brian Cranston? Uh, he might have been. Okay. No, I mean, I was thinking maybe it the clue skinny dipping maybe he was too it was the guy that was too fat for the bathtub oh i like that well who which one was that taft yeah maybe it was taft okay that would be ironic i like it we can go well you want to go with taft we're gonna go with taft we're, yeah we're going taft. he was right after roosevelt so all right both locked in mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the answer is john quincy adams <laughs> oh <laughs> no he was a notorious skinny dipper, apparently, and uh, used to go every day before he'd go into the office and go skinny dipping. One of those uh, myth stories that no one knows if it's real or not about a, a woman who was trying to get an interview from him and couldn't get it and then knew that he went skinny dipping and went down and stole his clothes till he gave the interview. <laughs> now, that's journalism right there. <laughs> All I'm imagining is Anthony Hopkins from Amistad <laughs> going skinny dipping. <laughs> All right. On May 7th, 1995, one year after Reggie Miller famously made a choke gesture to Spike Lee, the Knicks would go on to choke again, this time in Game 1 of the Eastern Conference semifinals when they allowed Reggie Miller to famously score how many points in 8.9 seconds? All right, we're locked in. Okay, so I think it's 8 points in 9 seconds. That's the name. There's a Pacers blog, and that's the name of it. I couldn't remember if it was 9 in 8 or 8 in 9, so I think it's 8 points in 9 seconds. Wow, Matt is a frequent guest of the Pacers blog. Um, but uh, It's yeah. just him and Detlef Shrimp. Yeah, exactly. If you ever look at the video, it's pretty amazing. I think he scores at three. He steals the ball as soon as they he throw it out. He the guy, but they don't call it. Right. Okay. He steals the ball. He scores two, and then he gets the ball again, and then he scores another three. So we said eight as well. Everyone's locked in with eight. Eight is correct. Nice. It's crazy. All right. Question four. In 1968, Johnny Cash released his first live prison album at Folsom Prison. One year, late, <clears throat> one year later, he made another live album, performing for those behind bars again, this time at what also notable prison. We're locked in over here. I feel like this one's more your wheelhouse. 
I'm not a huge Johnny Cash guy. Yeah, that's because you're a huge prison guy is what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why is Jeff always walking around with his pockets out of his out of his pants, asking people to hold him? Got my bandana on. You know the worst part about prison, Matt? The mentis. <laughs> it was somewhere in Northern California, I think. I think that's where Folsom's at. Um, what do you want? So let's just go with Alcatraz. Okay, done. All right, Matt is probably going to go here uh, after all the parking tickets he gets. Uh, if you ever watch movies, a lot of the times they always have to send the lawyers to San Quentin. Yep, San Quentin. Mm. All right, you ready for question five? We are. <laughs> in the 90s, three movies with only one word in their title won the Best Picture Award at the Academy Awards. Name two. Bonus point for naming all three. Oh, he's going to get the bonus point. Okay, so the other team is locked in. Uh, Neil quickly came up with two along with me, and uh, we're just laboring to find the other one, but we think it's the 92 winner, right? I think so. Yeah, we have we have Braveheart and Titanic, uh, one word. Was that 95 and 97? What were the years on that? Yeah, I believe so. 95, 97, Forrest Gump was 94. What about, uh, what about a movie that's somebody's name? Oh, yeah, that's possible. I'm thinking of Shine, but that didn't win. That oh. Jeffrey Rush won for Shine. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm at such a loss. That's troublesome. Yeah. Right, well, we'll lock in with the two. So Titanic and Braveheart. Yep, we said Titanic and Braveheart for our two and the third one. I thought it was Amistad. Is it not? Nope, that did not win. Okay. Yeah, that was what uh, I had. Unforgiven. Oh, no. Oh. Eastwood, right? Yes. Mm. Because it was what Dances with Wolves, uh, yeah. Sounds of the Lambs, mm-hmm. and then it was what Unforgiven, Unforgiven, Schindler's, Schindler's List. List, yep, Forrest Gump, Braveheart, Titanic, Shakespeare in Love, American Beauty. Yep. All right, so all points there, but no bonuses, right? Yep, that's correct. So after five, it looks like uh, Team the Big Creep has forty, and uh, Team uh, whatever your name is, what is it? What did, What did Jeff do? What did Jeff do? Is at twenty. That was the most disappointed anyone's ever been to get full points. So, yeah. good job, teams. <laughs> <laughs> Question six. Amazing Spider-Man number 583, published on January 15th, 2009, sold a whopping 530,000 copies. Thanks mainly to the smiling man giving a thumbs up on the cover. Who was this man? All right, we're locked in. You think it's Stan Lee? Possibly. I, I've got nothing else. I don't know Spider-Man that well. Spider-Man. <laughs> Spider-Man. Um, 2009 would be right when the MCU was taking off. Do you think it could be like Robert Downey Jr.? <laughs> Maybe. Smiling man. You just want to go Stan Lee? Because I sure. think that makes the most sense. Yeah. Okay, we're going to say Stan Lee. Yeah, when Jeff said, uh, I don't know anything about Spider-Man, I had the sudden urge to go, well, let me tell you about the time I created Spider-Man. So we went Stanley. Stanley is incorrect. No. Oh, no. Yeah, the clue I was trying to give you was on the January 15th, 2009 part. The inauguration day. Barack Obama. Barack Obama. Oh, mm. okay. All right. You got us that time, Mike. All right. <laughs> Question seven. According to Wikipedia's list of the top 10 most watched television television interviews of all time, only two interviewees made the list twice. One of them was Obama. Name the other. I were locked in. Do you have anybody who uh, 
would be in the spotlight more than once, but had like a really big bombshell story to tell? Um, I mean, so like Bill Clinton makes sense, right? I thought about uh, Bill Clinton about the time um, of impeachment. But I think, I think, um, I know that I think Michael Jackson had the one where he gave an interview and then they like premiered his video afterwards. That was like really, really big. And I think he had one after he got married to what's her face. Lisa Marie was, Presley. Yeah. I think, I think it might be Michael Jackson. Okay. I kind of remember, was it Bar- like maybe a Barbara Walters interview of him? One, one of them definitely was, and I don't remember what the other one would okay. be, but I think that those, those make sense to me. Okay. I'm good to go with that. We weren't too sure. We were trying to think, is it a politician? Is it a celebrity? Maybe not even one of those. Um, We kind of just circled around Princess Diana. We weren't too sure, but we knew she was in the media quite a bit when she was alive. So that's what we went with. And Jeff and Matt, what did you lock in with? Michael Jackson. The answer is Michael Jackson. All right. Good answer. Oprah interview and a Diane Sawyer. Mm. I I had a feeling Oprah was on there, but I couldn't remember if she was the interviewer or interviewee. All right, question eight. Many people consider Kubrick's The Shining to be one of the best horror movies of all time. Stephen King is not most people. In an effort to create a more faithful adaptation to his source material, King wrote and produced a Shining miniseries, directed by Mick Garris and starring what actor as Jack Torrance in place of Nicholson? Reluctant. I have no idea. Do you have any idea? Nope. I didn't even know there was a Shining miniseries. Yeah. Who do you think would pl- who would be really good in that role? Who's like a, a young Nicholson? <laughs> yeah. Light type. Or maybe he he went against casting. I, don't, I have no idea. Come on, Steven. I want to be in the TV version, too. <laughs> it could be this man who was uh, in my cafe the other day, Zachary Quinto. <laughs> <laughs> Just to throw that out there. Did you, I'll drop him did you a little give bit. him the, the Live Long and Prosper? Yeah, LLAP. Sir, how much, as we learned, how much uh, Rhode Island connection there? He's filming a TV show here. Really? Yeah. How much uh, steamed half and half would you like on your drink, sir? Uh, just a quinto, please. <laughs> I think if you make jokes like that, he rips your head open. Zachary Quinto. He's probably a really nice he's guy. A nice guy. Yeah. Oh, Siler from Heroes. Well, oh, oh. old guy. All right, so or we don't guy. know. So, uh, uh, I don't know. Lucky Johnson. Johnson. <laughs> okay, so um, I'll tell this story on a Patreon bonus one day, but when I met Kevin Spacey, it wasn't a great interaction um, that night. Uh, he was not a nice person, <laughs> and um, it was after a play. <laughs> Do you want to elaborate on that now a little bit? <laughs> uh, sure. He was just, <laughs> yes, it was after a play. Given the circumstances. Given the cir- you're right. So when I was uh, studying in London, I saw a play uh, at a theater uh, that starred Kevin Spacey, and uh, he was not a nice person. After the show, he uh, deleted all the photos off my friend's camera, refused to take pictures with anyone, and was overall just an asshole. But uh, the co-star of that play was very, very nice, said hi to everyone, signed everyone's autographs. Uh, and he was known, I believe it's Kendall Portillo's favorite show, Wings, I think. Uh, and that would be Stephen Weber played uh, Jack Torrance. Yep, Stephen Weber. All right, question nine. The Backyard Sessions in 2012 and the Happy Hippie Backyard Sessions in 2015 were a series of YouTube videos released by which mega pop star? I'm pretty sure on this one, so we're going to lock in. 
pop star backyard sessions happy hippies youtube i have no idea what were the years were they on there 2012 and 2015 yeah or somebody who'd be like who would be kind of a front runner in that era because youtube kind of blew up around that time right yeah i'd say right about 2010 as as far as being like a mainstream kind of thing where celebrities wouldn't be embarrassed to have a youtube channel um happy hippie i got i literally don't know i would say taylor swift but i don't think that's right yeah i don't Uh, think so either and ken seemed to know it right away does that help don't don't dig into that i don't know why i feel confident about this okay that's fair ariana grande (laughs) uh just throwing that out there katie perry maybe miley cyrus you want to go Miley Cyrus? Sure. She might do something yeah. like that. Yeah, why not? Miley Cyrus. I said Miley Cyrus. It's Miley Cyrus. No way. <laughs> Come on. Matt, Matt was just, he started like twerking for inspiration. It just came to him, I think. Came in like a wrecking ball. The uh, the funny thing is, too, now uh, I don't remember what they were, but the names that you were all listing off where uh, most of the, the backyard sessions are Miley with someone else, and like all of the people that you oh. guessing earlier on were people that did collaborate. Co-conspirators, if you will. That's great. <laughs> oh, man, that makes me mad. <laughs> <laughs> all right, question 10. This Syrian city, one of the oldest inhabited cities in the world, was once Syria's largest until it suffered massive destruction during the Syrian Civil War. If you don't know it, you might make a great libertarian presidential yeah. candidate. Yeah, we're good. So the yeah, the oldest city in uh, Syria and in the world is uh, Damascus. However, the one that I think it was Gary Johnson couldn't come up with in the interview was Aleppo. Aleppo. That's what is right. Aleppo? What is Aleppo? We said Aleppo. <laughs> yep, Aleppo is correct. At the end of the first round, it looks like it's seventy to fifty with uh, the big creep in the lead. It was raining hard again. I walked into it with the heavy drops slapping my face. When one of them touched my tongue, I knew that my mouth was open and the ache at the side of my jaws told me it was open wide and strained back, mimicking the rictus of death carved upon the face of Harry Jones. All right. There you go. Well, whatever that was, let's uh, go into the swing round. All right. So for the swing round, I have before and afters, and this is all going to be movies. Perfect. Great. Um, a couple of heads up with this Uh, some of them are shared words some of them are more mashing of words and with one of them I did play a little fast and loose with a number being a number in the title and spelled out in a different title okay alright alright number one turns out Bruce Willis was dead the whole time and then his wife receives an estate from her first late husband Henry Dashwood number two Toby Maguire and Reese Witherspoon fight over a magical remote control and wind up in a land filled with creepy children who all look alike and have alien mind-reading abilities. Number three. Lester has a creepy crush on his daughter's cheerleading best friend, so he will probably lock her up in his enchanted castle until she falls in love with him. Number four. A boy in a wheelchair meets an alien. And then he moves from Africa to a new high school where he and the alien join the plastics, write a burn book, and sing a sexy version of Jingle Bell Rock. <laughs> Paul Rudd likes that question. 
Number five, a clandestine government organization helps you forget things. Like how a masked serial killer went on a sorority killing spree during the holidays. <laughs> Six, Burt Reynolds directs porn movies in the 70s, which probably have a little less romance than a coastal town in North Carolina where Diane Lane and Richard Gere fall in love. Number seven. Two British soldiers must cross enemy territory to deliver a message to a hairy high school basketball player. Oh, my God. <laughs> Eight. A girl from a small Midwestern town moves to the south side of Chicago and learns to incorporate hip-hop into her stiff ballet form. All of this to the music written by Selma, a Czech immigrant single mother who is losing her eyesight. Uh, that was eight, right? Nine. A coming-of-age comedy drama nominated for five Oscars at the 2018 Academy Awards meets the 2015 Academy Awards Best Picture which had no connection to a Hanna-Barbera cartoon. And 10. A museum security guard, played by John Travolta, holds a bunch of schoolchildren hostage while trying to get his job back. But maybe a heavenly Nick Cage can help him out if he's not too busy fawning over Meg Ryan. Oh my god. Okay, we will split apart and discuss our answers. <laughs> Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Jane Perlez longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places, Somalia, Indonesia, Pakistan, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I mean, China is not dropping anti-democratic paratroopers into Montana. But of course, we did see things like the weather balloon slash spy balloon riveting the whole country for a week. This is Face Off an eight-part series in which we'll take you behind the scenes to key moments in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. We'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a U.S. admiral, even Yo-Yo Ma. Plus, my pal and noted China historian Rana Mitter joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. Face-Off launches April 9th. All the answers are now in, so let's get the questions one more time and see how we did. All right. Number one, turns out Bruce Willis was dead the whole time, and then his wife receives an estate from her first late husband, Henry Dashwood. We are pretty sure that's the sixth sense and sensibility. Yeah, we thought the sixth sense and sensibility made sense. Yep, that is correct. Uh, number two, Toby Maguire and Reese Witherspoon fight over a magical remote control and wind up in a land filled with creepy children who all look alike and have alien mind-reading abilities. We went with Pleasant Village of the Damned. Mm. Mm, that's what it was. Uh, we, I knew it was Pleasantville, couldn't get anywhere else. We said Pleasant Villagers. Yep, it is Pleasant Village of the Damned. Number three. 
Lester has a creepy crush on his daughter's cheerleading best friend, so he will probably lock her up in his enchanted castle until she falls in love with him. We went with American Beauty and the Beast, and the Beast all along was Kevin Spacey. <laughs> Soon to be replaced by Christopher Plummer. Yep. Uh, we also went with uh, American Beauty and the Beast. Yep, that is correct. Number four, a boy in a wheelchair meets an alien and moves from Africa to a new high school where he and the alien join the plastics, write a bird book, and sing a sexy version of Jingle Bell Rock. That is Mac and me, mm, girls. <laughs> yeah classic mac and mean girls yep <laughs> number five a clandestine government organization makes you forget things like how a masked serial killer went on a sorority killing spree during the holidays we went with men in black christmas and we too went men in black christmas yep number six Burt Reynolds directs porn movies in the 70s, which probably have a little less romance than a coastal town in North Carolina where Diane Lane and Richard Gere fall in love. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm a star. I'm a, I'm a shining star. Uh, we went with uh, Boogie Nights and uh, Rodanth. Oh. Uh, I didn't know, so I just looked up Burt Reynolds movies, and I wish this was the answer. Stroker, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to save that for the next time I give you guys. Say say hello to Diane Lane for me. Uh, Boogie Nights and Rodanth is correct. Number seven. Two British soldiers must cross enemy territory to deliver a message to a Harry High School basketball player. Well, I would watch a World War I werewolf movie. That would be pretty cool. But uh, it's 1917 wolf. (laughs) Uh, Yep, we also went with 1917 wolf. All right. Number eight, a girl from a small Midwestern town moves to the south side of Chicago and learns to incorporate hip-hop into her stiff ballet form. All of this to music written by Selma, a Czech immigrant single mother who is losing her eyesight. Yeah, the second one isn't depressing at all. It features uh, Bjork in an acting role. Is it Lars, it's is Save it the Last Major? Dancer in the Dark. Um, we knew the first one, uh, Save the Last Dance, but we couldn't get it, so he said Save the Last Dances with Wolves. It is indeed Save the Last Dancer in the Dark. It's a laugh riot, really. Nothing to cry about <laughs> yeah. in that movie. Yeah. Lars von Troyer movies tend to be. Yeah. All right. Number nine. A coming-of-age comedy drama nominated for five Oscars at the 2008 Academy Awards meets the 2015 Academy Awards Best Picture winner, which had no connection to a Hanna-Barbera cartoon. Oh, did you say 2008? 18. Oh, 18. Thank goodness. We said Lady Bird Man. Yeah, I was actually pretty happy we got this and went with Lady Bird Man. It is indeed Lady Bird Man. All right, and I guess it sounds like I might have went a little too deep cut on this one. A museum security guard played by John Travolta holds a bunch of school children hostage while trying to get his job back. But maybe a heavenly Nick Cage can help out if he's not too busy fawning over Meg Ryan. Yeah, this one, uh, you know, it's a little emotional there with uh, Nick Cage as an angel. Um, but uh, we can only get the second half. We go, we got the City of Angels part, but we did not know the first half, so we had to tap. Oh, City of Angels, that makes sense. Uh, I didn't know any of it, so I thought maybe it was Family Man and said, on the Family Man. All right, and the answer was Mad City of Angels. Hmm. The 
90s movie with Travolta and Dustin Hoffman called Mad City. I mean, yeah, called Mad City. Uh, wasn't very well received, and I guess it didn't stand the test of time. <laughs> just like John Travolta. Come on, guys, just hide behind the woolly mammoth. Come on. <laughs> okay, we added 30 at The Big Creep, and uh, what did Jeff do? Added uh, 30 points. Brings us to 115, and you guys to 80. All right, ready for round two? Yes, sir. All right. Question one. What is the name of the stew or soup made with meat and vegetables, usually flavored with paprika, that is a national dish of Hungary? Yeah, that's how we just, we just, I, this was on a menu somewhere and you guys were like, oh, it's the national. Yeah, 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 that's it. Okay. Yeah. We are locked. Do you know Jeff? I, I don't. Um, it's not the Gabagool. No. <laughs> <laughs> what is the... Gabagool, isn't that the villain from Sinister with Vincent D'Onofrio? Uh, it's it's Gabagool. That's Bagool. <laughs> <laughs> the one I can think of is uh, is Borscht, but that's different and that's Russian. So isn't Borscht stars uh, Titus Wolliver? It's an Amazon Prime original. Neil's <laughs> <laughs> in rare form uh, right now. Can't let go. Oh, very nice. I'm on all. That's a different one. I was gonna say I'm on all cylinders, but I almost said I'm on all oh, fours. <laughs> Uh, it's the national dish of Hungary. Is that what I heard? Yeah. Okay. I've got no idea. Uh, I'm not good at foods. Yeah. Or it is a national dish of Hungary. I, I, you know, when I hear it, I'm going to know it and that's going to bother me. But, uh, I think it's like, uh, it starts with an H maybe. Uh, but I'm not going to get there. So, uh, tacos. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> taco tacos soup. should be the national dish of everywhere. But I know um, Neil was putting on his goulashes. <laughs> so, we think it's a goulash. It is indeed goulash. And you said gabagool. And I was like, just uh, goulash. What he filled his goulashes with goulash. <laughs> with the goulash. The Robert goulash. Goulash. Warm goulash. My favorite singer is Robert Goulash. I went to a, uh, I went to a, I guess it was a camp, a campground with uh, a Czech friend of mine. And we all camped and it was all Czech people. And all they had to eat was sausage and goulash. So consumed quite a lot of goulash that weekend. Question two. Every rose has its thorn made a lot of tongues depressed when it was released in 1988 on what poison album? Oh, wow. tongues. Oh, oh, oh. It's up to you. Man, I don't know anything I about that poison. Guns so. and Roses, too. I think uh, Brett Michaels is poison for probably what he's spreading around. Um, I, have an, I have an idea. Okay. We are locked in. You're, we're, you're looking for the album, right? Is it, yes. They didn't do Dr. Feelgood, did they? They did, and that's what I was thinking that it's. That's a different band, I thought. I what? Place, I didn't think that was poison, but. Let's, let's just log in with Dr. Feelgood. Um, yeah, Dr. Feelgood was Motley Crue. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't sure if it was uh, self-titled maybe, but then when Ken said tongues depressed or uh, something like that, I, I know they had a song called Talk Dirty to Me, and I thought maybe they named the album that as well. So we want Talk Dirty to Me. Uh, nope. The, the tongues depressed clue was to help you with the album title, open up and say ah. Oh, mm. that's right. That's right. Uh, Brett that Michaels. question was poison. It was, and not the <laughs> Belle Biv DeVoe variety poison <laughs> all right question three 
In a tie-breaking game to determine the American League regular season winner in 1978, this Yankee shortstop hit a home run that would earn him a new nickname in Boston. Expletive nickname not needed for answer. Uh, okay, we're just going to lock in. Oh, man. That was, um, that was the Reggie Jackson era, right? Yeah, but Reggie Jackson played right field. Yeah. it's. Um, I'm just trying to get in the right mindset of the Yankees. Yeah. Something blanking something. Ugh. I hear Bill yeah. Simmons talk about it all the time on his stupid podcast. It's too too reason it... for Mickey f- Mantle, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah, I don't know. Just, yeah, whatever. It'll, when I hear it, I'll be mad. So, yep. I don't know. You just happen? Yep. Uh, this one was a little too deep for my blood, so we just went with uh, New York favorite Joe Piscopo. All right, and you guys are, have nothing for a guess? Yeah. All right, the answer is Bucky effing Dent. Mm, Dent. Ugh. Harvey Dent. <sighs> yeah. All right, question four. In 2003, researchers discovered the ancient remains of an individual who stood just over a meter tall, nicknaming him the Hobbit. He was discovered on the island of Flores, one of the many islands belonging to which Southeast Asian country? Okay, we're locked in. Okay, when I think of The Hobbit, obviously I think of New Zealand, but that's right. not Southeast Asian, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Uh, the country in Southeast Asia with the most islands is the Philippines with over 7,000. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else from that that you've heard a clue, possibly? I don't think there was another clue. I think I thought Thailand... Possibly. I think of Flores. Um, Flores sounds possibly Spanish. Indonesia. That's why I like the Philippines, I think. Indonesia's got quite a few islands, but I mean, the Philippines has no. just so many. Okay. You want to go with the Philippines? Yeah. Could be wrong. Okay. Sounds good. And we said the Philippines. The answer was Indonesia. Ooh, wow. Uh, Shocking twist. Ken, regarding the Lord of the Rings, and we said this in a previous episode, well, whose name, it was like a strange last name, it was like Frodo Greenleaf or something, or whose maiden name, it was a question, remember? No. And I got it way wrong, and you're like, you made fun of me for it. Rosie Cotton? Maybe it was Rosie Cotton. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember. Whose first name is Rosie Cotton? Bilbo what? Baggins? What are you asking me? I don't know. Whose first name is Rosie Cotton? No, last name is Rosie Cotton. Or Rosie, is... Rosie Cotton. Oh, Okay. <laughs> What are you talking about? I don't know. There's a Lord of the Rings reference I was trying to remember. Well, we can figure it out later. That sounds good. All right. Question five. Two movies were filmed in Marfa, Texas. That's M-A-R-F-A in 2007. And both went on to win multiple awards at the 2008 Academy Awards. Name either of them. Bonus point for both. Oh, we're locked. I sense an impression or two coming on. Mm -hmm. So it's There Will Be Blood. Yeah, and No Country for and Old no Men. No Country for right? Old Men. They had to like you time think... their filming schedule so they didn't blow up on the wrong set. Or like That's... in the background of other sets. Good yeah. guess. Good guess, friendo. <laughs> we're uh, locked in, right? Yeah, we're going to say No Country for Old Men and There Will Be Blood. We said the same. And that was all right. Should we do uh, Javier Bardem impressions or Daniel Day-Lewis impressions? How would Daniel Day-Lewis Morgan sound doing... A Javier Bardem accent as Daniel Plainview. I think uh, <laughs> I, I think it would go a little something like this. No, we're not. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> not bold enough. 
Throw the coin. <laughs> I am an oil man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Drink your milkshake, etc. Okay. We can just let this go on for a while. Nope, that's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> All right. Question six. Leia Salonga performed the in-movie singing voice for which two Disney princesses? That's that's what I was going to say. Okay. Yeah. All right. We are locked in. Um, are you thinking this is older or, or more recent? I think it's older. I think the newer ones tend to be people that you've heard about. I was wondering about that. I was wondering if it could be something as crazy as like, like a Snow, not, a Snow White like, and Cinderella or something like that were the same. Yeah, and I wouldn't I, notice. I don't think it's. I don't think it's like Elsa or Moana or anything like no, that. No, those are def- definitely different singers. What if? What if it's like? So you're looking at the same era. What if you're looking at like Ariel and uh, uh, Jasmine or... Um, I think those are different. I couldn't tell. In my head, I was trying to hear uh, Ariel and Belle and I couldn't hear them differently, but that's probably me. So let's go with um, Mulan and Pocahontas. And we went with Pocahontas and Jasmine. Mm. on a whim you both, you both hit one and you hit different ones it was Mulan and Jasmine mm. oh. okay alright number seven in 1999's No Mercy pay-per-view the Hardy Boys and Edge and Christian competed in the WWE's first ever tag team ladder match in an effort to win $100,000 and the managerial services of what WWE manager formerly known as Marlena it's tough for um, these guys huh no, bef- I know this. I'm locked in. He probably knows it. Yeah, that was before I started watching again. Um, formerly known as Marlena, I don't. It that was when she. That was when she managed Goldust. Oh, she managed Goldust. It doesn't help. He doesn't know Marlena. If they get it, Matt, I swear to God. <laughs> um, she managed Goldust. So I don't think it was Lita. Lita it was her own character. Um. Yeah, this was like right before I started watching again. Um, or actually not right before, but... I think Lita was managing S.A. Rios at the time. Um, I guess uh, we'll go with... Um, we'll go with uh, Natty. Um, Natty Nightheart. Natty Nightheart, which is wrong, but... Uh, this was originally called the TIT, the Terry Invitational Tournament for Terry Runnels. Yep. It was indeed Terry Runnels. <laughs> That's a deep <laughs> cut. You didn't feel tit. <laughs> yep. All right. Number eight. What Peabody-winning podcast broke records for the fastest to reach 5 million downloads and continues to hold the record for most downloaded downloads with some episodes reaching over 340 million? Triviality locked in. <laughs> <laughs> 340 million? You said one episode had 340 million? Some episodes reaching over yeah. 300. All right, we're locked in. Uh, do you think it's Serial? Oh, that's an interesting one. That was huge for a while. I'm trying to think of other ones. I mean, I mean, I know the Welcome set. to the Serial Podcast. This is Tony the Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> I know, uh, I know um, Mark Marin, WTF is big, Joe Rogan's big, but I don't think either of those have anywhere near that. Uh, oh, the kids are stealing my Serial. This American Life? Oh, that and that was like one of the the original ones, right? 
Yeah, I'm trying to think of the ones that are like always on the top recommend pages. Yeah, Joe Rogan. Um, I feel like This American Life had a real foothold for a while, though. We can go with uh, This American Life. Okay. And we're going with Serial. And it was Serial. Nice. Yeah, I was trying to, I agree with you because I was trying to think of something that would have been universal, like uh, an international show everyone could have gotten mm-hmm. behind. All right. Question nine. What 2004 movie, written and directed by Kevin Smith, Shares a title with a 1992 comedy starring Jamie Gertz and Dylan McDermott. 2004. All right, you guys are locked in? Yeah. 2004, Kevin Smith. 2004. Jersey with, Girl? Yeah, that's about... I was thinking I think Jersey Girl. that was Girl. a little later. No? I'm trying to think, because I, I, I would have been working at Blockbuster at that. Dogma. Uh, Dylan McDermott, Jamie Gertz. That's a great combo, and I'm trying to think of that 1992 movie. Singles. Uh, I'm just naming movies that were around that era. Um, singles. Uh, what's the other one I'm thinking of? It's like the same movie. Swingers. <laughs> it's like Swingers. Yep. Yeah. Um, oh, Singles. Yeah, it's a movie like Singles, but it's not. Um, it's about relationships. Cameron Crowe. Let's. Yeah. Uh, maybe we should just go Jersey. Girl. I think Jersey Girl might be right. I think it might be right. All right, Jersey Girl. Um, I think I know this based on i joined one of those dvd clubs and i tried to get the embarrassingly bad jersey girl and they sent me the 1992 version of jersey girl so i'm pretty sure it's jersey girl it is indeed jersey girl nice all right question 10 a classic jingle for a soft drink in the 70s asked the audience wouldn't you like to be a blank too Mm -hmm. we can lock in Dr. Pepper, wouldn't you like to be, be a, a doctor, doctor too? too? Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Pepsi. Um, like drinking Dr. Pepper. <laughs> wouldn't you like to be a mug? <laughs> mug mug <laughs> root beer. Uh, soft drink Mountain Dew. I mean, RC, Cola, Royal Crown. Let's go with uh, Dr. Fanta. Pepper. Yeah, I like Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper. So, <laughs> um, you got the right brand. Uh, but the quote was just, wouldn't you like to be a pepper to pepper? Indeed, pepper. Okay. It's It was, it was like, I'm a pepper, she's a pepper, something. Oh, yeah. Something. My, dad, my, dad, my dad used to sing it all the time. I really definitely weird. remember that. All right, at the end of the second round, looks like we're at 155, and these guys over here are at 120. So it's going to come down to the final round pretty close. Yeah, before we uh, throw it over to you, Mike, to hear those categories, I just wanted to mention our uh, merchandise supplier, inkedandscreen.com. If you want to go over there and get some of our merchandise, there's some t-shirts, some tote bags, uh, some decals, some other great things. Jeff's wearing one of our uh, official Triviality t-shirts, which is great. So thanks for uh, supporting the show by buying one for us, Jeff. Uh, We appreciate that. It's Um, his only shirt. It is his only shirt. He wears it every recording. All the time. Um, and then Ken and I were just talking about uh, Patreon earlier today, um, just about how great it is to see some so many new names, some names that we don't normally see in the crop. So it's nice to see some people who maybe found the show, whether it's on Spotify, whether it's uh, through word of mouth, um, and maybe not through our, our normal trivia circle. So thank you to all those people who found us just randomly and decided to help support the show. Yes, thank we you so a, much. We have a new friend from the Netherlands who says your accent is not not so authentic, Neil. He does. You don't say. <laughs> yep, he said, he said it was, uh, and I quote, I believe, 
fucked. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, we'll have to have him on the show. Uh, and uh, I'll just try my best to, uh, you know, have mercy uh, from him and, and apologize that it's just a German accent. But whoever does that accent, I don't know. It's not me. If you're not a donor yet, please feel free to check out the uh, Patreon page for as little as a dollar a month, as we say sometimes a dollar a day, but it's actually a dollar a month. And if everybody who downloaded our show give us a dollar a month, we could probably all quit our jobs, right? I think so. Just about. I think so. Mm-hmm. Jeff is shaking Jeff his head. Jeff shakes his head. Okay, Jeff can keep his job. The three of us will quit our jobs and we'll bring you how many episodes a month do you think? Double at least? Yeah. yeah why not? Why not? Any amount. <laughs> yeah, hit us up over at uh, patreon.com slash triviality podcast. Join us over at Facebook on the crop. And uh, one of our biggest crop contributors is Mike. So let's throw it back to him and see what he has in store for the final round as I think he was up to some hijinks today in the crop, speaking of. I think I, uh, I think I called the people in the crop uh, like me a bunch of wackos. <laughs> That's true. And <laughs> All right. So final round. Category one. The dancing is over. Now it gets dirty. Category two. Before Sam was murdered, he told Molly he'd love and protect her forever. Category three. In our time, no foreign army has ever occupied American soil. Category four. 27 banks in three years. Anything to catch the perfect wave. And category five, first dance, first love, the time of your life. So I just want to explain to Neil what's going on here. These are all uh, Patrick Swayze movie references. <laughs> oh, I thought this was like Hallmark greeting cards. Yeah, no, Neil, these these are Patrick Swayze <laughs> movies. Uh, Patrick Dempsey from No, Grey's Patrick Net- Swayze. Okay. Who's in like Patrick Dirty Dancing Dempsey. and Roadhouse and stuff. Oh, oh yeah, he's the one who says uh, Vio con Dios and then like just does whoa a lot, right? Yeah. Okay. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You can spend less time staying in the know about all things gaming and get more time to actually play the games you love with the IGN Daily Update Podcast. All you need is a few minutes to hear the latest from IGN on the world of video games, movies, and television with news, previews, and reviews. You'll hear everything from Comic-Con coverage to the huge Diablo 4 launch. So listen and subscribe to the IGN Daily Update wherever you get your podcasts. That's the IGN Daily Update wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, the wagers are now in. It looks like both teams have wagered 20 all the way down. So it's going to come down to the questions. Let's hear them. Question one. The tagline for Roadhouse is, The dancing is over. Now it gets dirty. What George Michael song says he's never going to dance again? (laughs) 
question two. Points now. The, the tagline for Ghost is, Before Sam was murdered, he told Molly he'd love and protect her forever. What sitcom's main character is a form, former Boston Red Sox player named Sam? Question three. The tagline for Red Dawn is, In our time, no foreign army has ever occupied American soil. One of the most common soils in America is called Alphasol. And the first three letters of Alphasol are referring to what two elements? Question four. The tagline for the movie Point Break is 27 banks in three years. Anything to catch the perfect wave. Lester Joseph Gillis was John Dillinger's bank robbing partner. What nickname was Lester Joseph Gillis more noted for? And the last question. The tagline for Dirty Dancing is first dance, first love, the time of your life. Who was Steve Rogers' first love in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Okay, we will break and come up with the answers. Hopefully. All the answers are now locked in, so let's see how we did. All right. The tagline for Roadhouse is, The dancing is over, now it gets dirty. What George Michael song says he's never going to dance again? Uh, Neil, can you carelessly tell us the answer? And Careless Whisper. Guilty Feet have got no rhythm, so we said Careless Whisper. Correct. Careless Whisper. Number two. The tagline for Ghost is, Before Sam was murdered, he told Molly he'd love and protect her forever. What sitcom's main character is a former Boston Red Sox player named Sam? Uh, it takes place in Boston, has a guy named Sam in it, so we think it's Cheers. Is that? Yeah, we said, uh, we figured this was Sam Malone from Cheers. Indeed, it's Cheers. Question three. The tagline for Red Dawn is, In our time, no foreign army has ever occupied American soil. One of the most common soils in America is called Alphasol. And the first three letters of Alphasol are referring to what two elements? First three letters. Oh, I thought he said four letters. So we said AL was aluminum and FI is iron. But uh, since he said three, it might be aluminum and fluoride. But the, the, the agreement is sealed. So aluminum and iron. Um, iron is FE. Oh, yeah. That's um, right. But we said uh, aluminum and fluoride. No, I'm sorry. You screwed me up. Fluorine. Fluorine, not fluoride. <laughs> All right. So I feel like I accidentally threw you guys a, a wrench there. Um, it is aluminum and iron. Ooh. And it only took the first letter of the two for oh. the FE. I don't know why. But. Lucky I'm so <laughs> stupid right now. Yeah, that's right. We, we, yeah, we dumbed our way into that one. <laughs> All right. Question four. The tagline for the movie Point Break is 27 banks in three years. Anything to catch the perfect wave. Lester Joseph Gillis was John Dillinger's bank robbing partner. What nickname was Lester Joseph Gillis most noted for? I don't know this man, but maybe he's the guy who's known as Babyface. Yeah. Every time I close my eyes, I see him. <laughs> uh, yeah, we didn't know this one at all. Um, so we also went with a famous musician, Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> baby face <laughs> yeah wow and question five the tagline for dirty dancing is first dance first love the time of your life who was steve rogers first love in the marvel cinematic universe that would be agent margaret carter oh uh did we get this wrong we did right no we, we said, said uh, we said peggy carter yeah it is peggy carter oh Peggy's short for Margaret. Yeah. Oh, is it? I had no idea. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right. Uh, at the end of the game, what did Jeff do? Uh, is at 140. Lost, uh, turns out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we got all five questions right, uh, raising our uh, 100 points, and we ended up with 255, so we are the cream of the crop. Uh, you know that I'm the cream of the crop. And as the out-of-context line in uh, The Big Sleep says, what did you expect, Mr. Marlowe? Orchids? <laughs> <laughs> I did. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, that was a great game, Mike. Uh, thank you for putting that together for us. No problem. Thank you. Always and a pleasure a having you on. A little shout out to um, Scott Gregg, Ryan Burrows, and Kellen McGuire, all in the crop, and all uh, play tested this game for me. So, Oh, hey, good people. Yeah, great Every people. Every one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's nice, uh, all of you were talking about how much you listen to the show, which uh, means a lot to us. I know, Mike, you said you've listened to the, you know every episode multiple times, and same with Scott and the rest of those guys. So thank you for all of you for you know supporting the show. And Nolan, too. Remember, uh, Nolan, Nolan loves the show as well. And Nolan, is Nolan asleep right now? He is. Yeah. Okay. Well, hello to Nolan when you're listening to this. Uh, we'll have to throw your cream of the crop in. We must the crap. <laughs> That's right. And uh, Mike, where can people find your escape room? And what is the code for them to get in that no one will probably use? But if they do, it'll work. Uh, it's the RI Riddle Room. And if you go to Booker Room online, use the code Triviality. All right. Thank you very much for hosting. Thank you, everybody, for listening. For Mike, Matt, Jeff, Neil, and myself, Ken, that was Triviality. This is like oh, one of no. those infomercials that are on at 3 in the morning. You guys are just naming <laughs> 80s bands that are scrolling down the TV. <laughs> be the <laughs> compilation album. Would not buy that. Remember drinking beers in the back of your pickup truck? What were you listening right, to? Now to confuse things, who did Dr. Love? That's not a thing. They call me Dr. <laughs> Love? That was Kiss, by the way, no. in your way off. <laughs>